podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, it is deadline day, so it could actually be quite a busy day for Liverpool, which is unusual on a deadline day, I know. Obviously, the Luis Diaz deal is done. It's been announced. It was announced yesterday. He is still in South America with the Colombian national team. and He should be in Liverpool this week to join up with the team and potentially get some run in the Cardiff game at the weekend in the FA Cup. Also potentially getting a run out in that game could be Harvey Elliott, who returned from injury in a behind-closed-doors friendly on Friday, scored a goal, got two assists. Incredible to see him back so quickly. The initial prognosis of him was six months, that we wouldn't see him again until late March, early April. But he is back, and he is already looking really sharp. So that's great news. Thiago's back in full training. That's great news. So we are heading into this game against Cardiff looking very, very strong. Salah and Mane are still in Africa. Both Egypt and Senegal have qualified for the semi-finals of the African Cup of Nations. And it could well be that we get Mo versus Mane in the AFCON final this year. Uh, those two also set to face off in the World Cup qualifier. Egypt and Senegal drawn against each other in that one. So two huge games potentially coming up against each other. They're going to play two more games at AFCON regardless of whether they win the semi-final or not because there is a third and fourth place playoff. So those two won't be back for Cardiff but will be back for the first league game all going to plan. Uh, as for today, we may have one incoming. Liverpool are working on a deal for Fabio Carvalho from Fulham. Now, as things stand, it appears to be very much up in the air. The offer is believed to be in the region of five million. There's probably some add-ons and incentives in there. And he would be loaned back for the rest of the season. Carvalho is an attacking midfielder who can play in wide areas. He could potentially be transitioned to a number eight, most likely on the right side of our midfield three. Now, I know, again, we have Harvey coming back into that role, but we could have the two of them competing in that role. Carvalho could also play as a wide forward. He is predominantly a number 10. We don't play with a number 10, but the next evolution of Jurgen Klopp's team could see us go to the 4-2-3-1 that Klopp has shown a preference for in prior jobs that indeed at Liverpool he has tried to move to that shape a couple of times and been let down by a lack of availability of midfielders able to play in the two with the injuries to Naby and Thiago over the years. 
that would mean Harvey playing off the right, Carvalho off the left, and Diaz, sorry, Carvalho is the 10, and Diaz off the left behind the number nine. And maybe that's the long-term plan. But in the interim, you'd imagine he comes in and he would provide depth on the left of the front three and as that right-sided eight. He's a hugely talented player. He's somebody that when you watch him, he gives off real Phil Coutinho vibes. His dribbling ability, his body control, his, he's quicker than Phil, but he has that same type of burst. It's just that his high speed is, is more than Phil had. He's more of a goal scorer than a creator, whereas when Phil first arrived at Liverpool, he was predominantly a creator. But creativity is definitely a big part of his game. And he's the type of player who should do very, very well under Jurgen Klopp if the deal goes through. In terms of outgoings, it could be a really busy day. There's talk of bids for Divock Origi potentially coming in. We know that Leeds are interested in Takumi Minamino. Now, that one I don't think happens. I don't think Taki goes anywhere, purely on the basis that he's currently off with the Japanese national team. So for him to do any sort of negotiation is going to be near impossible because Japan are notorious for not allowing their players to conduct transfer business when they're away on international duty. If we're bringing in Carvalho and loaning him back, it would make sense just to keep Taki until the summer. And then when Taki goes in the summer, Carvalho replaces him in the squad. But the two that look most likely to happen are Nat Phillips and Reese Williams to Bournemouth, both on loans. Don't know if there'll be options or obligations to buy, potentially obligations if they come up. I think that would be what would make sense for us. If they're just straight loans, I, I don't know that they're ideal. Uh, Nat Phillips going to Bournemouth on loan is a bit of a weird one as well. Considering we turned down a loan offer with an obligation to buy from Watford, obligation would have kicked in if they stayed up, and we turned that one down. Now, we probably thought there'd be a stronger market for him. As it turned out, Watford was the only Premier League club that had any real interest in him. And that's not entirely surprising. The Championship is more of a suitable level for Nat, and it's a level that he should be able to thrive at. Watford were gambling that his aerial ability would improve their biggest weakness and that maybe he'd keep up. And, and you could see him playing for, you know, that sort of bottom five Premier League team, uh, more of an agricultural centre-back. He'd be suited to how they'd set up and defend in deep blocks and things like that. There was talk of Newcastle interest. I don't think that was ever real. Um, there was talk of West Ham interest. Again, I don't think that was real. Who else was he linked with? He was linked with somebody else, and I can't think who it was. Burnley. But Burnley signed Nathan Collins in the summer, and they ask a little bit more from their centre-backs than Nat is really suited to. So, yeah, I mean, if he goes to Bournemouth, I'm sure he'll do well. They're obviously having quite a good season in the Championship under Scott, Scotty Two Coats Parker. They currently sit third in the division. They, they do have a game in hand. On Blackburn, Blackburn have 53 points, they have 52. But with that game in hand, even a draw would see them jump into second place. It's a better move for Nico because you'd imagine he will go there and immediately start playing regularly. And we'll get to assess more of what he's capable of when he gets a, a regular run in the team. We've seen that get a regular run in our team. 
we've seen that at Stuttgart and seen him play regularly there. So there's more of an idea of what Nat Phillips is than there is of what Nico, what Nico Williams can actually be. It's a bit of a punch in the mouth not to be getting fees for either of them because I think the plan was to sell both this summer and hope to recoup the money that we'd spent on on Diaz. But look, if we're keeping them till summer and they can go to Bournemouth and play regularly between now and the end of the season and build their value up, even if they don't end up staying at Bournemouth, it will likely drive interest in the pair of them. Divock's been linked with a bunch of teams. Now, the most recent rumour today is Wolves. They could do with an extra option up front. I mean, their their frontline options are Raul Jimenez, who's a, a very good player, but hasn't looked the same since coming back from the serious head injury. Huang, who's obviously a good player, but not, not a big-time goal scorer at the Premier League level. And Fabio Silva, who is very, very talented, but still very, very young. Divock isn't... Divock has never shown he can consistently score goals at the Premier League level. But he does tend to score big goals at big moments. And maybe if he got a consistent run at Wolves and got good supplies, he would get from the likes of Trinkio and Daniel Padence. And Raul Neto when he comes back. No, Pedro Neto. Raul Neto's a basketball player. Pedro Neto when he comes back. Maybe then Divock could kick on to a new level and start scoring goals. So Wolves have been credited with interest. Leeds have been credited with interest as well. Um, there's some rumours that Bamford's had a setback and is maybe going to be out for a little while longer. There was obviously talk of Newcastle showing interest. I wonder if we're one of the clubs pushing the effort to freeze them out. Because of the top four of the last couple of years, ourselves, City, Chelsea and United, we would be financially the ones at risk of being bumped out of the top four. City have all the money in the world. Roman Abramovich has incredibly deep pockets and United are a money-making machine and always willing to be stupid with their money. We're never willing to be stupid with money, which is obviously a good thing, but it does mean that if you can buy your way into the into the top four, over the next five years, it would be us that would seem most likely to drop out of that group. Uh, we just don't have the financial power to compete with any of those three. It speaks volumes of the work that Jurgen Klopp has done over the last six years or seven, nearly seven years, six and a half years that he's been here, seven years in October, that we have competed so well that we've won a title and that we stay so strong. Given the financial advantages of those other three, it would just be a big ask to ask him to overcome another club who in five years you'd expect, well, he'll, he should be gone, but... You know, they, they will probably have sorted themselves out and they won't be scrambling about trying to sign Chris Wood for 25 million, Dan Byrne for 15 million. You know, these type of deals are, are not the type of thing you'll see from Newcastle in time. So maybe we're one of the clubs leading the freeze on them. And maybe that's why rumours of, of Nat or, or, or Divock just 
you know, came and went very quickly. It's shaping up to be an interesting day, and we'll wait and see what happens. But getting Diaz in makes this window a runaway success anyway. Carvalho would be a great signing. And I think if we don't get him now, I think we'll go and get him in the summer. I've seen a few journalists suggest that Liverpool don't want to go the tribunal route. I don't buy that at all. We got Harvey Elliott in via the tribunal and we're paying 4.3 million for him. I wouldn't imagine it would be a whole lot more for Carvalho through the tribunal. And those tribunals don't take the money anytime soon. That's going to be 18 months from the summer before that gets resolved. So I think we'd happily go to tribunal. I think we're confident enough that that kid wants to come and play for Liverpool, that we would go through the tribunal route. But if we can get both of them in now, Diaz done and Carvalho across the line, um, it would mean that come the summer, you're only really looking at an upgrade on Nico at right back to behind Trent, a holding midfielder who can also play in that number eight position, Chuameni obviously being the obvious one who has been linked and the one that makes the most sense. And then depending on what happens with Sadio or Bobby, if one of them leaves, then we need one in attack. If they both stay, if they both sign contracts, then we're fine. We won't need to do anything. We'll have Mo and Cade Gordon for the right-sided role, with Elliot and Carvalho both able to play there. We'll have Jota and Bobby for the central role, with Mo and Sadio able to play there. Then we'll have Sadio and Diaz for the left-sided role, with Carvalho able to play there. So we would have great options. If, again, if one of them leaves, Sadio or Bobby being the most likely ones that would leave, then we simply go and, and bring in one more. Maybe you bring in an Nkunku. Maybe you bring in Matthias Cunha, uh, I mean Guri, someone of that nature. Someone who's versatile and can play multiple positions would be ideal. Um, I think this is it's, it's shaping up really well for us. And then the only question mark will be what happens with with Joe Gomez. If Joe decides he wants to move on, Costas is another option that could move on um, purely if he's looking for more games. The money will be there then from their sales to replace them. So we'll be in good shape. We will be in good shape. Getting Carvalho across the line now makes a lot of sense for us. It means that it, it gives us a freer run in the summer to just go and deal with the, the rest of what's needed. And like I say, that might just be two players if both Sadio and Bobby stay. If one of them goes, then it's three. If they both stay, but Joe goes, it's three. If they, if all of them stay, but Costas goes, it's three. But if all of them stay, it's only two. One in midfield and one at right wing back, or, or sorry, right fullback. They're things we should have done last summer and didn't, but better late than never. And if we could add Chuameni and a good right back, uh, a right-footed verse, version of Costas, the, the squad would be looking exceptional. It really would be looking exceptionally strong. Uh, again, Ox could go. 
I don't know that you're necessarily desperate for a replacement for him. Naby could go. And that's where, you know, the money and the wages and the space and the squad would come from for, for Chuameni. But, yeah, it, it really is shaping up very, very well for us. And, um, Diaz, look, as like I said, Diaz alone makes it a, a great window for us. Uh, this is Anfield. Has a state of play as Liverpool attempt late Fabio Carvalho transfer. Where Luis Diaz ranks in Liverpool's top 10 most expensive transfers. So, Andy Carroll and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in joint ninth. Andy Carroll, big money flop. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, they've given the verdict that the positives outweigh the negatives. I think that's fair enough. I do think it's fair enough. I don't think you can mark it down as a flop purely on the basis that he was playing so well and his knee just got destroyed in that game against Roma. Ibu Kanate, 36 million, uh, impressive start. Fabinho, 43.7 million, huge success. Mo, 43.9 million, an all time Reds great. Those figures, of course, include the add-ons that were paid out because we won a Champions League and a Premier League. Diogo Jota, 45 million, huge success. Luis Diaz, 50 million. Time will tell. This is obviously including the potential add-ons. The initial fee is 37.5. Naby Keita, 52.75. Hit and miss signing. I'm not sure how he gets hit and miss and Ox gets positives outweigh negatives. Um, Alisson, 65 million the best goalkeeper in the world, and Virgil van Dijk, 75 million. The best defender in Liverpool's history, question mark. I think this does a lot of uh, a lot of fair chat there. Uh, what's next for James Miller? Liverpool's generational, number seven. Generational. These people forget who else has worn that jersey over the years. Uh, latest on Nico and Nat as Liverpool receive offers. So there's plenty there on This Is Anfield. To check out on Liverpool.com, uh, the headline piece is about Fabio Carvalho. There is a piece about Sadio and Mo at the AFCON. Liverpool have three summer transfer aims and can make inevitable 85 million move despite setback. So this is something about Dennis Sicaria. Uh, mentions Telemans and Chuameni. Um, and Declan Rice, who we will not be signing. Um, Liverpool can take next transfer step in Jurgen Klopp evolution with 67 million Serie A marksmen. This is Victor Osimian. Osimian would be a, a brilliant signing. Like he genuinely would be a brilliant signing, but I, I just don't see it happening. Liverpool plot triple transfer deadline day business. As Usman Dembele will go for just 16.6 million. He might not go for anything. He hasn't agreed anything. He doesn't seem to be all that keen on agreeing anything. Liverpool in talks for 50 million midfield transfer as favourite Yuri Thielemans' decision made. Thielemans will be available this summer. And it'll be really interesting to see where he lands. I don't expect it to be us. Though I would like it to be us. Liverpool given Champions League advantage as Jurgen Klopp receives double boost. That is, Nicolo Barella 
been ruled out of both games that we will play against Inter Milan, which is nice. And finally, on AnfieldIndex.com, there is one new article up. Who is Liverpool transfer target Fabio Carvalho? Really good read by Sam Maguire. There were loads and loads and loads of podcasts over the weekend. So the new Positivity podcast with Matt, Paul and Lubo, it's out. The new Scouser Tommies, it's out. There is a, a Scouted with myself and Carl talking about the lost potential 11. So players whose careers didn't pan out the way they should have. There's a new Under Pressure looking at Luis Diaz. There's a new Old School with myself, Gags, and Marco Lopez making a return, having a chat about Diaz. Gags did podcasts with Simon Edwards and Tom Kundal, uh, who one is a club, Simon is a Colombian football expert and Tom is a Portuguese expert, again, having a chat about Luis Diaz. Myself, Eddie, and then Gags later on did a Pro Plus uh, when the news broke on Friday that that deal was happening. So those are all up. Loads of new podcasts. Obviously, there are big changes to Pro and the structure of it. You can listen to everything now for free with ads. It's a later release, but you can get them there if you want. If you're still a Pro subscriber, and I think you should be, you get them ad-free, you get instant release, and you get live shows. So we're doing a lot of our pods now live on our Discord channel. So if you are an AI Pro subscriber, you can listen in to every podcast, answer questions, sorry, ask questions throughout, and we'll try and answer them as much as possible. Obviously, there's some pods that have been recorded live all along, uh, such as Under Pressure, and they do a really good job at interacting with the, the listeners and, and answering questions as they can. So that's what we'll be looking to do with more and more of the pods moving forward. And that's it. That is me for today. Hopefully, hopefully tomorrow I'll be here to chat about Fabio Carvalho. But if not, um, I think we'll get him in the summer anyway. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy deadline day. And thankfully, Jim White will not be in the building. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.